0: There's nothing that he's doing or he could do to enter. Then it's as if a transformation takes place of John's surroundings. He's immediately in the spirit. He's consumed and overawed by the Holy Spirit. It takes control of John's senses and allows him to face the splendour and awesome wonder of the scene unfolding before him without being overwhelmed. GB Caird, one of the foremost scholars on Revelation, describes this scene as being like God's control room, perhaps for a battle that's about to unfold. He says the symbols that John sees are like maps, them are like flags or units on a, on a board. And John is being shown the plan for the future ahead, what must take place after this, as the verse says. I think what he means by this is a scene of purpose. It's not static. It's moving towards a conclusion which is in line with God's will. The elders on the throne may represent the 12 disciples and the 12 tribes of Israel that are united in purpose. The appearance of jasper and ruby and the emerald rainbow show the preciousness, pricelessness and purity of this heavenly scene. Imagine again that person's house that you've been to. We've all admired their ornaments or their pictures or their furniture or some new technology that they might have. But here we get to to see something, but it's only a fraction. It's only a glimpse of the wondrous beauty of the dwelling of God through symbols that humans can easily relate to, like precious stones or rainbows or thunder or lightning. The reality will be far more beautiful beyond our ability to describe with words or symbolise using earthly objects or spectacular scenes like lightning or thunderstorms or earthquakes. The sea of glass in verse 6 adds to this geological theme. Glass, like crystal, is formed when extreme heat is applied to certain rocks, usually in a volcanic eruption. A god in control of the elements uses these same elements to point John to his awesome power and his wonder. How do we view God when we worship and pray? Do we consider the splendid, marvellous wonder of God enough The creatures surrounding the throne who begin worshipping are able to see in person, or should that be in creature, the magnificence of the Lord. Like Isaiah in Isaiah 6, the creatures in the heavenly throne room worship with deafening praise. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. As Caird wrote, all that exists is under his sovereign sway. The throne room scene represents concentric circles all pointing back to the God on his throne in the centre. Holy, holy is the Lord Almighty who was and is to come.
1: Our second reading continues in Revelation chapter 4 starting from verse 9. And whenever the living creatures... Give glory and honour and thanks to the one who is seated on the throne, who lives for ever and ever. The twenty-four elders fall before the one who is seated on the throne and worship the one who lives for ever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne, singing, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honour and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. Then I saw in the right hand of the one seated on the throne a scroll written on the inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep bitterly, because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Root of David, has conquered, so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals.
0: Thanks again, Emily. That image of the throne room with God at the centre, surrounded by all kinds of fantastic creatures, tells us one thing. The Lord our God is the creator, the source, the beginning, and only he is worthy of worship and praise. His will brings into being life. He speaks into being all things. By your, by your It says, by your will they were created and have their being. God is worthy of praise exactly because all things exist by his will and are held together by him. As Colossians 1, 16-17 says, For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So perhaps this image of concentric circles, it could be seen as a structure with layer after layer of created beings all pointing inwards towards God on his throne that is holding it all together in a concert of thunderous praise. Where might we fit in? Do we belong in this picture at all? And what might we ask God or say to God if we could? The scene at the beginning of Revelation 5 suggests that perhaps not we're not worthy on our own to approach his throne. And the scene goes further, much further. It says, Him sat on the throne whom we can believe to be God is holding a scroll sealed with seven seals. What is this scroll, we might ask? Why is it so important and what does it represent? Again, this is another one of Revelation's mysteries. Serious commentaries have suggested that this scroll or book contains the whole knowledge of God's purposes and plan for his whole creation. Verse 3 says that no one in heaven or on earth could open this uh, scroll, and this made John weep. Perhaps at this moment he's feeling the same as the disciples did after Jesus was taken down dead from the cross, when there seemingly was no hope. Are we worthy enough? Are we worthy to approach God and worship him? What is it in our lives that prevents us from doing that? On our own, none of us are worthy. The message of the gospel is that only by being washed by the blood of Christ can we be considered worthy. It's sad, isn't it, that so many people think that they will somehow be let into heaven because they're a good person. Go out into any town in England tomorrow and ask people, and that's what most people will probably say I'm a good person, so if there's a God in heaven, I'll be okay. But as Christians, we know that this is misguided. The scene here shows that the distance between God and even his created heavenly beings is vast enough that even they are not worthy to approach him and break those seals. Perfection, by its very nature, cannot have even the tiniest flaw, otherwise it would cease to be perfect. God, by his very nature, cannot tolerate even the most benign flaw and so no one is worthy. But the angels, the elders, the winged worshipping beings are all good. Good they may be, but they're not worthy to open those scrolls. As a younger man, I used to enjoy these events where a former bank robber or prison tough guy or a football hooligan would come and give a te- or former football hooligan would come and give a testimony about how they turned from violence, hooliganism, or robbery to Jesus and how their lives took a new turn. These were wonderful stories. And we all enjoyed the idea that even if the worst people could become good Christians, then there must be hope for all of us. The former slave trader John Newton wrote in the famous hymn Amazing Grace about hope for a wretch like me. He was one of the worst, but he knew where his hope came from. No one is worthy on their own. Apart from Jesus, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open those scrolls and its seven seals. Jesus is worthy and from Jesus comes all things and to Jesus is all things he is worthy of it all he deserves all the glory
1: our final reading continues in Revelation chapter 5 starting at verse 6 then I saw between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders a lamb standing as if it had been slaughtered, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of the one who was seated on the throne. When he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell before the lamb, each holding a harp, and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. They sing a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slaughtered, and by your blood you ransomed for God saints from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests serving our God. And they will reign on earth. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels surrounding the throne and the living creatures and the elders. They numbered myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands singing with full voice. Worthy is the lamb that was slaughtered to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them singing, To the one seated on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honour and glory and might for ever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen, and the elders fell down and worshipped. This is the word of the Lord.
0: Thanks be to God. Thanks again, Emily. The lamb arrives and we know immediately that this represents Jesus. The lamb looks as if it had been slain. And we now know the reason for the seven scrolls and the seven horns and the seven eyes. They represent God sending his spirit throughout all of the world. And the lamb takes the scroll from God. This is a really tense scene, isn't it? It's a twist like no other. We're holding our breath, waiting to see what happens next. I'm a, football ma- I'm a football fan, and with a sports-obsessed 11-year-old at home, I need to be. I love it when there's a twist in a game or an underdog wins, like we saw at Wimbledon yesterday. Imagine the joy that the unseeded champion must have felt when she heard those words, game, set, match, and championship, and how that joy must have rippled out to her family and her friends. I wonder if anyone was at Wembley on May the 29th for the Wednesday versus Barnsley match, the playoff final. I was listening to it on the radio, and it looked like it was going to penalties. And then with something like 20 seconds to go of extra time, Wednesday scored. Friends that were there said they haven't witnessed anything like it. The whole stadium erupted in joy and song. The whole city, maybe not whole of it, celebrated. For what? That their team can get to play in a higher division next season. But as created beings, we're we're designed collectively to get joy and wonder and awe together with others, to worship. Sporting events or national events like the Jubilee or the Coronation are great things and we love celebrating them. We're made to celebrate together because ultimately we are made to worship together as this scene shows us. And how much is the joy magnified here when the Lamb takes the scroll? He is worthy. There's an explosion of worship that surely would make the celebrations at Wembley or any sporting event seem flat and monotonous and insignificant in comparison. And all of the senses are involved here. The incense burning fills the hall with wonderful smells. The sound of the angelic host praising God would sound glorious And the flashing emerald rainbow and the beautiful creatures and the marvellous sight of Jesus on the throne. He is worthy. Verse 9 says, all persons of every tribe and every nation, you have made them to be a kingdom and a priest to serve our God. Everyone who puts their trust in the blood of the Lamb is worthy. Everyone is welcome. Everyone is wanted here in this awesome seat. Christians are not always the best at agreeing with each other. But this is a reminder, isn't it? That what matters is not one's views on one issue or that issue, but whether we are purchased for God by the blood of the Lamb, as the verse says. And it doesn't end there. More and more angels and heavenly creatures get involved. Every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea are all praising and worshipping. It's a profound mystery of how all of creation will get together to worship God forever and ever. But here John gets a snapshot of what this will look like and feel like. We can only imagine. One day, I'm sure we will experience this marvellousness for ourselves. And in the meantime, we can worship together however we feel able. Hosanna in the highest. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for the worthy Jesus. Thank you that we are purchased by the blood of the Lamb for you. Thank you that you gave us this wonderful scene so that we can gain a glimpse of your glory. Thank you that we can worship together here at All Saints. Lord, let us fix our eyes and hearts on you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.